introduce him in just a moment, but before I do, I want to personally invite each and every one of you to join me and my beautiful wife, Alec, to Israel in June of 2024. There's a little flyer out here, a booklet, really, right outside, uh, inside the door, right, right just as you're about to exit the door on the black table. Uh, there is a, a rich history and a rich time of understand, uh, learning and understanding the Bible and the culture behind the Bible, things that you may not even understand why things took place or how they took place or what was going on behind the scenes, but I promise you, we are going to have a very rich time of learning from who I think is one of the best guys in all of Israel, Sonia Waters. She, she led us this earlier this year on this amazing journey. I don't know if you ever read those books when you were a kid and uh, when you open them, like it pops out. It's like a picture book. Like, I love those. My, I used to go to the library with my mom and I would run to find those. Let me just tell you, that's what it's going to feel like when you go to Israel and then you start reading your Bible again. So that amazing, amazing time, personal invite right there. That's all I have on that. So I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine. We are so excited to have him. And it's his birthday. Elijah Tindall, would you come up here? Hey everybody, how you doing? I am excited to be here. It is my birthday, and I know you showed up because you wanted to hear a guy talk about himself on his birthday. No, that's not the reason. But I will tell you this. For my birthday, if you are interested in blessing me, here's how you can do it. I, everywhere I go, what my mission is, is to, um, is to raise uh, uh, um, partnership in any way with the stuff I do inside uh, facilities, juvenile correctional centers and prisons. That's, that's kind of my thing. You know, there's, um, there's a, a thing that I do, yeah, I've been on several, several uh, like Amazon Prime and, and Comedy Central and TLC, and, and all of that is comedy-based. Because I am a comedian. That's how I make my livelihood, is doing comedy. And doing comedy outside of the four walls of the church. I, I do comedy everywhere I go. And so what I found is comedy is the gift that I've been given. One, to get kicked out of school when I was younger. <laughs> and, but two, uh, furthermore, to open the... It's a, it's, comedy to me is a hinge that opens bigger doors for my call. And the Bible has this is to say, it says that your gift makes room for you. So our gift makes room for our call. The thing you're called to, um, sometimes we get so ex excited whenever, you know, we, we, especially when we first feel like, yes, I'm called to do this. I'm called to do missions. I'm called to do this. I'm, I'm called to, and we get so excited about that, that we forget that the, the thing that makes room for that is your giftings. And so how that operates is, if I will build a platform doing incredibility, doing comedy, it's the thing that makes way and it makes a path for my call. Um, because what I found is our call usually comes with a bill attached. Have you found that? That's the thing you feel called to do? I feel really called to go and, you know, I've even shared with, with upper officials at Southwest Airlines how I feel called. And they're like, man, that's such a good thing. But they still want me to pay for the flight. Because <laughs> they feel called to pay their employees. You know what I'm saying? And so I get it. I understand how it works. 
person. So, so today, when I, you know, I, I've got a table in the back, and this is part of the message, by the way. I mean, it really is. We've read the message, so don't get worried. I get worried whenever a speaker gets up and starts talking, because I'm around speakers all the time, okay? So I get worried whenever someone, and, and one, of, one of the pet peeves I have is when after 45 minutes of a speaker talking, and he gets to his last point, he goes, now, if there's only one thing I want you to know, I want you to get this. If you only get one thing today. And I'm like, dude, why did you just start with that? We've been sitting here for 45 minutes. This is the only thing I'm supposed to take home. Anyway, so. So, so, so. The table in the back is, is really for partnership. It's really to give. Literally, I, here's the deal. I don't want your money. Southwest Airlines wants your money. Okay? And so I started to get convicted by God about minimizing um, the, the importance and the need and the bigness of this call. And, and, and so what it takes is about $750 on average to send me to a facility. I work at juvenile correctional centers and I work in prisons. I go in. I do a general population comedy thing. Then I merge it into a chapter service after that, and then I share my faith, and we get people saved, and we roll into discipleship at local churches, around the communities. It's a really, really good thing. It's called Books Behind Bars, and so my goal is to raise about $50,000 this year, because I've got right now sitting 40-plus invitations to go, and it, it takes money. It takes the resources to go, and so I can't say yes until funds are there, and so if that's something you feel like, hey man, that, that resonates with me. I want to do that, because some, some go, and some send, you know, and so if you want to be a part of that by being a sender, every dollar counts. It's so great that testimony, once again, part of the message, that testimony that, that she shared up here, uh, Pastor Stephanie shared up here, is, is uh, you know, that God providing a weird way. I remember when I was sitting in a service, a camp meeting kind of service, a conference service, and they were taking this offering. And, and I was so mad at God. I was like, God, I ain't even got a dollar to I was, I was like, you know, I'm all, I was like, it's a great change to get here. And I worked on staff at the church. And, and I was like, I don't even have a dollar. Not even a dollar. And I just went on like that. And then I got a tap on the shoulder during the offering, a tap on the shoulder from Mr. Hancock, Oklahoma City. He was a teacher at the school, a private school. And he said, he goes, God told me to give you this. And he held up a dollar bill. And I was like, why didn't I say I mean, have a million dollars? A million dollars to get 50000 to your kingdom. But I said a dollar. And, and, and so here's how it boils out. Yeah, I need $50,000 to do what God's called us to do this year in the front side of the prisons. But every dollar. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I only got that dollar. is literally a dollar that can go there. So how we do that is I've got all the stuff right there. Go back there with your phones. If you can contribute, please do. Um, you can say this for your birthday, I'm going to contribute, whatever. And then if you want a t-shirt, all the proceeds for donations from the t-shirt, you can order it right here. It'll take about a week and a half to get you. Just laugh anyway. Laugh anyway t-shirt. You need to make a statement with your life. Laugh. Anyway, let's go to God in prayer. Father God, help us. Amen. This morning. <laughs> This morning, how this connects to the message, what I just said, is because, see, my, my grandfather, he spent his life in prison, uh, and, and he was a hardcore guy, like hardcore, he died behind bars, spent his entire life behind prison, an uh, old Mexican man, Chol, when I say Mexican, I'm talking Cholo, East LA, Mexican, I don't know if you know which kind of Mexican I'm talking, I'm not Mexican, and so I can say this, there's different variations of us, you know what I'm saying, and so this this variation is the one with the big mustache and the hot the pants that get pulled up higher and higher every year, you know, the older you get. I saw my 
a week with him when I was about seven years old, and he stole my Thoro cake, and I was really upset about that. I was upset about that. And, uh, which was kind of in, you know, that's the thing of his life. I was like, I'm just a grandchild. Don't steal my Thoro cake. <laughs> but but he, he, um, he had this job from the bottom, the, the, the neighborhood, that he was in prison serving time with. And his name was Skippy. Skippy was there. Everyone knew Skippy. And Skippy was in there serving a, a lesser sentence. And someone behind, uh, someone went behind bars and, and, and uh, presented the gospel to Skippy. And Skippy embraced and, ch and changed his direction in life and became saved. And so now Skippy, where he intersects with my story, was that my nana, was, this is way back in the day, my nana was addicted to a drug called heroin for 17 years. If anyone knows about the seriousness of this drug, you will know 17 years is a long time to even be alive. Well, my nana was addicted for 17 years in, in and I know you wish you thinking, hey, this sounds like a good family. Uh, I, my nana was addicted for 17 years, and she broke accidentally a needle off in her vein while she was trying to shoot. And so what she did is she checked herself into a mental facility knowing that if she did that, she wouldn't be required to go to jail afterwards because they could just treat her and she could, she could go out. So she'd go to the hospital. So she checks herself in there. And Skippy is visiting someone else and he walks by and he says, Bertha, is that you? <laughs> and she says, Skippy, is that you? And it went on for you know, 30 minutes. And... And over the next three months, my nana begins to embrace this concept of Christianity. She begins to, to know who Jesus is. She gets, she gets delivered from her addiction, never to touch it again. Yeah. And she gets saved. I call this Lord God saved in the Mexican community. Because Lord God saved is different than just like, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus now. It's, it's crazy. Uh, Lord God save us. See, in the Mexican community, you can tell how bad someone's past was based on the amount of Lord Gods that are in their prayer. <laughs> it, it's true. It's, Lord God, we just come to you, Lord God, today. And Lord God, we just call that Lord God fire from Lord God heaven. For the, like, that's my, my man and I got Lord God saved. It's kind of like us white people with the Father God. It's the same, same concept. If you would ask my nana while she was at that facility, what's the future for you? What's the future for you being a mother? What's the future for you being a caring person? What's the future for you being used in the kingdom of God? If you would have asked her at that time, she, she would have said, it's, it's too late. She would have. She would have said, it's too late. That phrase has been going over in my head for a few weeks now because I visited my friend who is... He leads up a house in a, in a um, uh, recovery center and where a bunch of men live that are recovering from drugs and alcohol and transition from inside prison to outside life. And, and uh, they got a new TV at their house. And so he got the old TV and put it in his room. Now, one of his favorite things in life is to watch a show called Night Rider. You ever heard of Night Rider? Yeah. 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 Raise your hand if you've heard of Night Rider. I want to see what kind of. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. He loved it. But the problem was, since they hooked up this new system, he, um, he was unable to figure out how to get the cable channel on. And so 
at it, I said, oh man, look, no, all you gotta do is press this input button on your remote three times. One, two, three, and look, it's on. And he, he would turn it off and say, you do it. And he goes, oh, I can't, I can't figure it out. I said, no, 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 it's just a matter of a few adjustments. And he goes, like, ah, I can't, after about the fifth time around arguing with him, he said something profound that has been sticking with me. And I just said, he said, you know what? It's too late. Too late. That's his declaration. This guy could be enjoying the Knight Rider <laughs> all the time. It's playing every day. That's the one thing. He, 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 his life is of service to others, and he only thing he asks is for to watch the Knight Rider, to watch Michael Knight on these missions, and he can't do it because in his mind, it's too late. And once we embrace something in our mind, that's how it is in our lives. A man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. And, and he's embraced it's too late. Now I, being a superior intellect, <laughs> I know it's not too late. It's just a matter of a few adjustments. All you gotta do is this. I believe God sent me here today because someone here, or watching online, and probably multiple people, um, God wouldn't send me from right in sunny California where he lives to, you know, hot here. <laughs> now, this being, he lives there. He does live there also. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> My neighbor's name is Jesus. It really is. <laughs> There's someone that needs to hear this because in your life, your conclusion is, is that it's too late. Your conclusion is, you don't know my story, you don't know what I've done, you don't know, it's, it's too late. And if we asked you where you really are, we could see on the inside of you, there would be that image of that man going, it's too late. But the truth is, it's probably just a matter of a few adjustments that are simple that you just don't know how to do. Because you're doing everything that you know, and you're worn out, and it's not working. But God sent me here on an assignment to help make those adjustments, because it's not too late. Yeah. It's not too late. Now, I say it's not too late. Let me, let me speak to the other side of too late. Because there is the other side of too late. Um, there is the, you know, the man that's in his mid-50s, and he's still talking about... Coach would have put me in and hopped out in that last game we could take a steak. You know that, that guy? <laughs> now for him, look, it's too late. Let it go. <laughs> it's fine. Just we, let's move on. But we're not talking about that guy. Some people in here, you've had things done wrong to you. If you're breathing in here, you've had something done wrong to you. My daughter. When I remember my daughter, she just texted me because it's my birthday. She texted me this morning, and she's 26 now. And she, she, she texted me, happy birthday. And, and I remember the time when, when I was in charge of her, and I smelled something in her diaper. And I took her back to the church nursery. Instead of dealing with it myself, I left her in a horrible situation. She was wronged in life. <laughs> now, this morning she would text me, Dad, I remember a time, I just feel it on the inside, that you really betrayed me and left me in the... I'd be like, hey, it's time to get over it. Because someone came along and cleaned you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we need to embrace that, yes, 
wrong has been done to us. But we do need to process through to the next stage of yes. life. Right? Yeah. We are responsible for that part. Can't do anything about what others have done to us. We are responsible to at least try to do what we can to get past this part. But then the harder part about the embracing of this too late is when we know that we have done things that have affected our stance, our credibility, our, the, the, the pathway that we were on, and we, we, we have decided and concluded that we don't deserve anymore for us to walk into that freedom. We don't deserve that anymore. We can't, we can't, so we conclude about ourselves, it's too late. We just, we put it all down. But the problem with that is that God said in his word, the giftings, his giftings and his callings are without repentance. That means this, though you say it's too late, God never did it. God's conclusion about you is not you were disqualified. God didn't come up with cancel culture. God says, I qualify you through who I am. And he knew we would, he knew we would be here with issues. He knew we would be here with things that we, that would go wrong in our life. He knew along the way we wouldn't make perfect choices sometimes, but he chose to keep us in the game. And he keeps throwing us the ball. And it's time for some of us to pick the bat back up and start swimming again. Yeah. Because it's, we're in the field. Here we are. It's not too late. I looked at a guy named uh, David in the Bible. I like David. Anyone ever heard of David, King David in the Bible? He's a good character. I like David in the Bible because David hits, hits on a, a lot of points. David hits us in moments where we feel like, yeah, look at me. I'm very kingly in this moment. Things are going well in this moment. But then there's those other shady parts of David. You know what I'm talking about? And that's how I know the Bible is real. That's why I believe the Bible is real. Because the Bible, it, listen, why in the world would you keep in the shady parts about people? You know what I'm saying? If you're just trying to oppress ourselves among ourselves, if we're doing that thing like we do in church sometimes, you know, you come to church, and for the first two months, you're like, oh, I really, God rescued me, and I need this. And then after two months, we're like, hey, how you doing? And we want everyone to think that we're perfect at that point. We're like, how, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You're special. <laughs> you're, you're just cussing me on the parking lot. Blessed and highly favored. We want everyone to think we're perfect. But what I love about God's word is it includes the imperfections. Because God knew along the path, there'd be Elijah Kendall come along. And I would need to see other people screw things up. I would need to see other people. I would need to see that God keeps using them and calling them. And God keeps saying, yeah, I don't care what that culture, that group over here uh, canceled them or, or disqualified them. I've still called them. Yes. And in this room, some of you have said, it's too late. And God's like, no, no, no. Just hit the button three times. Just make the adjustment. So what is the adjustment? We find the adjustment. First Samuel Chapter 30, verse 6. Some of y'all worried I want to quote scripture. <laughs> First Samuel, chapter 30, verse 6. We find David in a moment in his life where he's come to, it is too late. I mean, it's, things have gone bad in David's life. Now, when we saw, remember, when we met David, it was pretty, pretty cool. David's just this teenage kid, you know? He's all squirrely out in the field, taking care of his dad's sheep and his cattle. He hasn't grown his real voice yet. He's got his, you know, his knee knocking. Oh, hey, everybody. Like, David's just a, just a little teenage guy. And the man of God comes because God says, I've 
I've chosen the new person to rule over my people in Israel. And he sends them to him. Now David doesn't look qualified, but the man of God says, yeah, you're the guy. And so David knows there's an anointing on his life now to be the king and the ruler over Israel. Now it's not going to be right now, but it's going to be eventually. And so David has got this call on his life. Then we find David, the next part of the story is David has been sent by his dad with some bread sticks and some cheese sticks uh, from, from, to, to give his brothers some snacks. His brothers are all in this, in this uh, area, and all the army of Israel is right here in this area, and it's close to David's house. So David comes over with the snacks, the bread sticks, and, and dad sends them over, and then this big Goliath pickle over here, uh, fish children, Great, <laughs> and who's in which age group here? Okay, so, so this is big giant, a literal giant, and he's on the Philistine army, okay? And the Philistine army, or Philistine army, how do you say, how do you guys say Palestine? You say it. Palestine. I'm going to call them the Philistines then, just culturally correct here. Um, the Philistines are over here. Goliath is a part of the Philistine army. Goliath is a giant, and Goliath is cussing everybody out. Goliath is making fun of their, their God. Goliath, so the true God, our God, Goliath is not, he doesn't have a covenant with God. He's, a, he's just, I mean, he's just going for it. He's just ripping into them, roasting them, making fun of their everything, you know. And, and David comes up, and David's a teenage guy, and he's like, hey, what are we going to do? There's an entire army here. This guy's cussing our God out. This guy doesn't have, what are we going to do? And David's brother is getting mad at him. He's like, hey, just shut up. What do you have to do with this, David? This has nothing to do with you. And David's like, well, who's going to fight this guy? And, and, and everyone says, don't stop worrying about it. And David goes to another tent, and he's like, hey, what happens to the guy who beats him? Like, no one's going to fight. If someone does fight him, what happens? Does the, is there any reward system built in here? And the guy's like, well, soldier, yeah, man. There's, um, you know Saul, the king? You know his daughter? You get her if you, if you win this. Several other things. And David was like, you had me at her. You, what are you talking about? <laughs> Come in. It's a teenage boy. And, he, and he, he gets his slingshot. He goes out there. And you know the story. If you don't know the story, here's how it goes. He does a slingshot. He rejects armor. He rejects the weapons. He gets a slingshot. And like that. And the, the, the rock, the stone, hits Goliath in this opening. Knocks Goliath to the ground. And David, this is how we know he's a teenage boy. David goes over there. He's like, it's not good enough that he's dead. I'm going to cut off his head with his own sword. He gets his sword. Chops his head off. It doesn't say it, but I believe he probably did a puppet show with it like that. That's, <laughs> he was a lot. And so, so David is now doing this, and so people start to get excited. They're like, oh, because there's something on David's life. And people recognize it's not that just he can be this. There's, I think, a call to follow this guy. There's something about him because God's anointing him on him. He's walking in his call. Remember, when we met David, David never asked to be called. David never asked to be, remember, uh, remember Adam never asked for Eve, and he got the Eve. David never asked for his call. He got the call. There's, most of the things in our life that God sends, we're not sitting around begging for. Most of the time we find, like, I, I never even asked for this, and though it seems good sometimes, it gets hard along the way, and this is where we're going to see David start to take a turn, because David's being celebrated. 
Don't you love those seasons when you're celebrating, when things go like beyond how it usually goes for you? I remember playing basketball one time. I'm horrible at basketball. I know you're thinking you should look at these arms. I'm, I look like an orangutan. I look like a shave down orangutan. Like I, I don't believe in the theory of evolution, but I look like guy number three on that chart. I look... <laughs> one day I was playing basketball and I was shooting and it was going in. And I knew it was beyond me. It was one of those oh, glorious moments. David's having a season of glorious moments. And people are celebrating him. And he's going out to war with the armies. And he's leading the armies in war. And Saul, the king, you would think he's thankful for David. But he starts to get like, man, David getting too much attention over here. I'm king. And, and David's like, I don't want any trouble with Saul. I'm just doing my job over here. David never asked for this position. But then people start celebrating David. The women, this is really a rubbed Saul the wrong way. The women in the, in the town, they wrote a song. They literally wrote a song. The lyrics were this. Saul has slain his thousands. And Saul heard that line. He's like, yeah, you're right. And then the next verse said, but David is tens of thousands. And Saul was like, mm-hmm. And Saul started to try to kill David. His pursuit was to kill David. And David had a group of followers of warriors that called the mighty men of David. And hundreds and hundreds of built up. And then families would follow him. And David, he spent seven years running from Saul. Remember, David never even asked. For this call. Some of you may be in a season where your past seems celebrated and things may not be going very well anymore for this season and, and you feel tired. This is where we find David. He's tired. He didn't ask for this. He's, he's just worn out. So he finally finds a people group that will make a deal with him. The deal is hey, we'll let you and your people stay in this part of our land. If you will fight with our army whenever we go out to war, because David's guys are known as warriors. And David's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm unplugging for a season. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of running. They'll protect me from Saul, and I, I, we will stay here. The problem is the army that they're siding with, guess who they are? The Philistine army. The same army that we find David fighting against, now we find him fighting for. Why is that significant to our life? Because there's a lot of times when we find ourselves, we get tired, we don't, we don't know what to do, we try to unplug, and we think we're going to take a break, we think it's going to be easier, but what we find is over time, it's actually harder now. And we're siding with what we used to side against. We're going online saying things that we would have never said before. And we find ourselves, what, what am I doing here? Why am I siding with what I used to stand against? Why did I used to take this, this high ground and now I run to defend the justification of me being on the low ground? Why am I doing this? Is this where they, I don't blame them. I've been in those seasons. I've been tired. I've, I've found myself operating in ways I know that's not the real me. But I was just tired, and it didn't work out better. It worked out worse. It hurt worse. And after a year and a half of being there, this land called Ziklag. And a year and a half of Ziklag, 
This, and, I, and, and really, it's interesting that this is the year and a half where we have a break where no psalms were written. David stopped using his gift. David stopped extending his worship. David stopped. His relationship with God was dry. This is the guy that was called like a, a man after God's own heart. This is the guy that God called. And sometimes you feel like, well, maybe I don't have God's call and approval on my life because I feel dry. And friend, it's never God. It's us. And David finds himself tired. And finally they say, okay, we're going to go to war with these guys. The Philistine army says, round them up. We're going to go to war with these guys. And guess who they're about to fight? The Israelites. David's own army. These are the people David is supposed to be leading and his king over. And so, so they go over and the Philistines say, hey, wait, 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 we're not going to do this. This is where we met David. Remember David killed our big guy, Goliath, only seven years ago? We can't do this. We send them back into the, the camp. When they go back into the camp, someone, another army, another camp had taken everything from their village and burnt the whole thing down, just like on Mulan. <laughs> It's all gone. It, the wives are gone. The children are gone. Everything's gone. And the, the warriors that are with David, they're, they're saying, man, we followed you because there was something on your life. And now we've lost everything because you just decided to slow down. You decided you were tired. And David is being talked. He hears them talking about they're going to stone him and kill him. These are not just people in the Walmart parking lot rolling their eyes at it. You know what I'm saying? These are warriors known as these guys can slay. These guys kill. So, they're so good at killing. And they're talking about killing David. And we see David in verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. We see him do something we haven't seen him do in a year and a half. And it says, David stirred himself encouraged himself in the Lord. That's the click of the button. That's the input three times. This is what shifts everything. The, the beauty here, and this is the key part that I think we in the church miss a lot, is that it said David stirred himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. That means this. David wasn't having one of those whoo, shangala moments. <laughs> there wasn't goosebumps. My mommy used to take me to the old school revivals. But I love those old school revivals. She dragged me. Mijo, you're not going to die. You're going to hell like your parents. Let's go. And she'd take me. <laughs> she'd take me and, they'd, and it'd always be scary in there to me because I was just a little kid who wanted to eat chips, you know. And they always had to breathe. And God's going to come and pick her But but you can feel the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? This wasn't one of those moments. This was a dry moment. And I wish, I, you know, I love that. I've got friends. They're all the time. And God spoke to me. He awoke me at 3 <laughs> And he spoke to me. And I said, yes, Lord, thy servant here. And he audibly spoke. God's never audibly spoken to me. You know what God speaks to me? Is my friend going, it's too late. That's how I'm like, yes, God, I hear you. And today, God is speaking to you. Listen, God can use a donkey in the Bible. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and David encouraged himself. Here's the key. The key is not waiting on something to change. 
in our circumstance, in our situation, in our feelings, in our emotions. And the key is that we have to go in and, and we choose to do this. We take an action of faith that we, we approach this as though it already were, even when it's not there yet. We go ahead and speak life into the thing versus speaking death into the thing. And that thing that you say it's too late for, I'm telling you, you were right on time. We're exactly where you're supposed to be today. God sent me here to remind you it's not too late. Some of us have, re- we've just, we've just refused to look at the, at the caterpillar's life. You know that little caterpillar, that little sucker, he's he born ugly. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just walking through life, crawling, takes him two weeks. I'm going to get to that tree over there in two weeks. That, that's his life. And some of us feel like, oh, that's me. I'm just crawling around trying to get to this goal. And the thing is, it doesn't get easier for a caterpillar. The caterpillar, you know, the next stage in his life, he ends up isolating and completely stopping. And this cocoon is around him. And maybe you find yourself in a season where you've gone from seemingly crawling and being tired to now you can't even move. And now you're just falling apart in isolation and no one's around you. And if you ask that caterpillar, hey man, how's your life going? He'd be like, it's too late. (laughs) But it's not too late. Because we know that it's necessary for that little caterpillar to get into that position of isolation and to start to have a breakdown, to start to fall apart. It's all part of the design the Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is good and perfect and accept the will of God. It's all part of the transformation process. That our mindset has to change. If our mindset has to change, that means we embrace the fact that there's possibly some things that we think that are wrong. That's the problem with the scripture that God didn't think through, is that this indicates that we think wrong. And if I check your Facebook post right now, I can guarantee you, you think you're right. And I think I'm right. And the problem with that is, I thought I was right on the 17th. I truly did. But I wasn't completely matured yet. See, what happens in the transformation is this new version of us starts to emerge. It was always there, but it starts to emerge. I remember each of my kids, I got three kids, each of my kids, they, they were all this size at one time. Within them was running. Within them was walking. Within them was, was having, but, but, but it wasn't emerging yet. They had to go through a process. And this right now, season that you're in, it's just part of the process. It's not too late. This feeling that you're falling apart and you can't be used anymore, this is just a part of the process that you're in. Because once this fades, once this melts away, Wings are going to begin to sprout out. And you would, the way you're going to conclude and end up is so far different from the way you started this process. And we think because we went from slow to completely stopping and having a breakdown. Listen, we think that that's bad. Some of us are flying around. Like you. We see people all the flying around like butterflies, but we didn't see them this time last year. We don't know what their story was five years ago. We didn't see them in the middle of their breakdown. And that's why we read the Bible and we're like, David, don't give up. You're just three verses away. Man, it's going to be okay. But he's like, I don't know. How long is this three verses? And a lot of us are right in the middle of our story. 
and we feel like it's all falling apart, what I'm here to encourage you is stir yourself in the Lord. If you see something of old, the old breaking off of you, go ahead and stir yourself and help it knock off of there. If you see old mindsets that are unhealthy, old habits that are unhealthy, go ahead and let it fall away. Quit grabbing it on and trying to put it back on you. Because the new version of you, the better version of you, it's, it's waiting to emerge. It's not too late. It's too late. No, pick up the remote and stir yourself in the Lord by clicking it three times. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. I want everyone in the room to just uh, close your eyes real quick. I want you to get scared. We're going to have walks in a second. It's just a faith test in here. I'm kidding. The reason I ask you to close your eyes is because I want to create a private moment between me, you, and God. The only way I can do that in a room this size is, uh, is just to say, hey, let's, let's shut down the windows. Because I don't know who's in the room that might affect the way that you would respond to this. So I want to just create that, uh, that personal space. And I'm going to ask you a question. The question is this. Friend, how you doing with God? Where are you at? Where are you at with God? You could be in here and say, man, I have... Things are, things are rocking. Things are going so well. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for where I am right now. But you could be in this room. And you could be saying, hmm, man, if I'm honest with myself, I've never even accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't understand all the details. If that's you, I'd say, hey, welcome to the club. None of us understand all the details. We're, we're all growing in this thing. The, the key is taking that first step of faith, saying, I, I acknowledge that this burning and yearning drawing on the inside of me is drawing me to follow God. That's God using the Holy Spirit to draw you to a relationship with Him. And if you're sensing that in here today, you've never said a prayer asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You've never made Him the Lord of your life and allowed Him to save and rescue you. I'm going to say a prayer with you. But maybe you're in here and you'd say, well, I have said that prayer. But if I'm honest with myself, things are just off course. And I'd like to just jump in with these people who might be saying this for the first time. And I want to press reset on my spiritual journey. God hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. But I, I feel like I just need to recommit. I need to, I just need to start fresh. The Bible says His mercies are fresh and new daily. And you need that day to be today. That's you in either one of those categories. Having never said that prayer or having said that prayer, but you just wanting to recommit and press the reset button on your spiritual journey. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. I'm not going to ask you to look around. I'm not going to, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to know who I'm praying with. So on the count of three, if that's you, just shoot your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. I see your hand. 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 I see your hand right here. I see your hand over here. I see your hand right there. I see your hand right there. So you should put it up. You'll be right back down. I just want to see who I'm praying with. Thank you for responding. Here's what I'm going to ask everyone to do. I'm going to ask everyone in the room to repeat this prayer for me. I'm, I'm saying we say this together because I believe we need to set a precedence that when, when anyone chooses to move forward in their relationship with God, they are surrounded by everyone partnering with them. And so that's why I ask everyone to repeat this. I want you to say, Father God, I need you in my life. I can't make it on my own. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. 
and I'll follow you forever. Thank you for saving me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. This year, we went to Israel, as I was saying earlier, and Ali and I stayed over. We went to Italy, and we were in Florence, Italy, and we, we walked through where the David is, Michelangelo, this beautiful creation of the David. What you don't know and people don't talk about is in the hallway leading to the David are these underdeveloped, unfinished blocks, some with partial human coming out of them, some almost complete, and there's just this continuation of block after block after block that he had worked on, but they just weren't quite finished. Then you get to this beautiful structure, the David. Everyone comes from all over the world to see, and when he was asked about it, he said he was already in there. He said, I always saw the angel inside the block. He said, I just liberated it. And I think we're like that because all along we go through life and we're underdeveloped, we're underdeveloped, we're underdeveloped, we want to be developed, we're, we're trying to get somewhere, we're desiring to be somewhere. And all along God is slowly trying to work things out of us so that he can liberate us to be who we truly are called and created to be. And there's someone inside of you that you've yet to discover that is waiting to be liberated so that you can become and get to know who you've actually been created to be. And so I want to I invite you into this time of prayer. As we're in our 21 days of prayer, there's nothing more beautiful than finding who we are as we go to God in prayer. Yeah. He sits down with us. He meets us. He, he, he addresses us. And he allows us to go to places that we wouldn't otherwise go because of our busyness. And so we stay mounted and held up into the block. It's bondage. And so there's an app that we've been following along with it's called the Pray First app. You can find it in Google Play. You can find it in the App Store of your Apple device. This is always preferred because this is for, you know, novices. You <laughs> <laughs> live in the past. You probably have Google Play on our device. I just want to liberate you from the block that you're in into the future. Thank you. You're not the only comedian. Amen. I want to show you a screen video that I made so you can easily do this on Monday morning, Sunday night, any day of the week. But Church of the Highlands has created even a video, has created this wonderful app with many biblical prayer models. You don't have to follow a prayer model. You can just talk with the Lord. He'll meet you right there. But if you're insecure about your prayer life, how to pray with him, there's several Lord's prayers, tabernacle prayer, uh, day prayer of Jabez, and spiritual warfare prayers. But inside of that, it has the points of the prayer model. Inside of that, you can, you can track with it. And Church of the Highlands has done a great job on explaining how to pray these different prayer points. But we're also wanting to integrate as we're you're getting devotionals or you have a little prayer card that's in the back as you exit. There's little specific items that we're praying over each day. And it's very important.
It's very important that we participate because everything must be buried in prayer. Like we're people of God and God shows up whenever we're out setting a time and meeting our time, making our time and meet Him there. And so I want to just pray this model through with you to just show you how easy this is and how you can apply it not only to your life, to your church, to your community, and those prayer points that we're tracking with every day. So you may start with, Lord, please, please bless me. And if your heart is to where it's not for you, but it's for everyone you come into contact with, there's something that takes place and God begins to stir up revelation. Lord, bless me. Bless me so I can be a blessing to my household, so I can be a blessing to my church, to those who are coming in and hurting. Lord, please be, uh, let me be a blessing, so bless me so that I can be an overflow. And then maybe you say, and Lord, help me to be an influence. Help me to have influence, have influence in my spouse's life yet again. Come on, so some of you need to regain influence in your spouse's life. Help me to regain influence in my children's life. Because I speak and I don't know if they hear me. Come on. So Lord, please bless me and please give me influence so I can speak into my family. And let help me to lead there. And Father, whenever I go into work and, and I'm speaking with my boss or co-workers, Father, let me have influence so that I can be a blessing to them. You see how this is working? Lord, strengthen me as I go to church so I can have influence in the lives of those who are coming in and needing and desiring. They're still stuck in their block. Help me have influence so that I can release your presence. Father, give me your presence. Let it go with me. And if it's not going with me, keep me here until I understand the manifest, your manifest presence and what you can do. Father, let me not do anything this week, this day, on my own and in and of my strength. Let it be because your presence is with me. The influence you're giving me is providing blessings, not only into my life and my house and my community, but into the church and to the others around me no matter where I go. And Father, because when I step out with the blessings and the influence of your presence, I know that there is going to be a tax against my life because I know that there is an enemy that came to steal, kill, and destroy me. But Father, you have sent me out into this world on mission, so protect me from the things that come that want to come through. Help me to understand there's things that you are protecting me from that I will never know try to get through. But Father, I ask for your protection as I go on mission because I will not back down to fear for any reason at all. And I pray for protection over my family. I pray for protection over my church. And Lord, I pray for, protect, for protection everywhere my path goes. You want to you be liberated from the bondage, the block that you're in? You want to be liberated into the David? You pray like that. I promise you, you will be a warrior on mission every single day. Worship me. Come on. So I want to invite you. Let's join in this because amazing things happen. Come, they come out with 21 days of prayer. And God is on the move right now. And it's time for the church to be missional. Amen.